welcome to Lost in Science for the last show of 2019. I can't believe this year is almost over. Oh, thank you for uh, to our dear listeners yeah. for sticking around and um, sharing um, our love of science with us. Um, so today on the show, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite stories that we've talked about this year. Yeah. Yeah, Is that I'll right? be yeah, yeah uh, yes, I'll be uh, I'll be talking about some of the things we've covered, some of the weird discussions we've had about various stories that we've covered, weird animals and plants and stuff from space and medicine and just basically all over the shop really. All of our favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, um, but of course we couldn't get to all the science this year, so um, I have taken it upon myself to find some of those um, sometimes devastating, sometimes um, reaffirming, and often just um, straight out weird stories from science around the world to share um, before we finish up for 2019. And Chris. And I am Chris, also... You, you've got a bit of a bugbear. A bit of a bugbear. Look, you know, it's it's one of those overhyped physics stories that people <laughs> go, Chris, tell me about this this X-17 particle. And you go, do I have to talk about the X-17 particle? And yes, decided that I every, have to. Every party um, you go to, I've, you're trapped in the corner I know, explaining right? the X-17 our, particle. Our inbox is overflowing with it requests is, is, for Chris to is. talk about the X-17 particle. So finally, at the 11th hour, pretty much, the last show of the year, let's talk X-17. So what is the X-17 particle? Should you be worried? <laughs> Should we be? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wasn't it's, worried before, but yeah, I am starting yeah. to be now. Is no, this like the physics version of safe. this? Isn't the don't physics version of the uh, Millennium Bug? Is it? No, no, <laughs> we got one of those. Wait, wait. <laughs> that's for twenty twenty. That's coming twenty twenty. Yeah, right. Excellent. Um, I mean, and stick around for our last show of twenty nineteen. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. What a year. What a load of science. What has happened in science this year? It might be easier to ask what hasn't happened in science this year. Well, Stu, what they, hasn't happened in science They this did year? not discover the Loch Ness Monster. That's what didn't happen. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. India didn't land their lander on the moon. That yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> now, look, it's probably easier to ask... Stick to what did happen. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. probably a better sure. way to go about it. And we've covered a lot on our show, um, but obviously... 52 weeks of the year. Obviously, with only half an hour a week to get through it all, we can't squeeze everything in. Um, <laughs> uh, 
And obviously we have covered a lot about different elements, this being the International Year of the Periodic Table of the Chemical Elements. So oh, I did... Stu, I didn't realise it was International Year of the Periodic uh, Table of Elements. You kept that very quiet. Did, yeah, I, did kept... I not mention no, that it was no, the International Year of the... Well, it Three was. Three times a week. It was, <laughs> and for another, for another couple of days it may still be. Um, so I looked at, you know, the heaviest, the most common, the weirdest elements. I looked at them all, from actinium to zirconium. But not tin, because who cares about tin? <laughs> yeah, because its symbol is SN, and we said that stands yeah. for snore. Yeah. Um, except obviously I didn't do stories on actinium or zirconium, but I did do lots of others. Um, so from the basic building blocks of the universe, the atoms, we get all the other science, and we did look at everything, though I have to say, we do have a lot of animal stories and we do have a lot of space stories and we do have a lot of medical science, but we do cover all sorts of other things, environmental science and pretty much everything. Disease uh, outbreaks. Yeah. Rocks. Um, Rocks. Oh, yeah. Volcanoes. So we like to have animals around. They make the world more interesting. They're ecologically important. They're sometimes tasty and sometimes dangerous as well. And often quite hilarious. Quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, Claire, early in the year, found out just how dangerous the bizarre-looking cassowary can be. Oh, yeah. You remember that story? Yeah, that's right, because it killed a man. That's right. Yeah. And, and they have done multiple times. And they have done multiple times. But then, more recently, we didn't do a story on this, but um, a man was a, a man died after having a... A magpie run into him while he was on his oh, that's bike. That's true. Yeah. So there's been a couple of fatalities this year, bird-related mm. fatalities. But I think you tend to gravitate towards the more dangerous animals. Yeah, the irukandji. Did you do komodo dragons? Oh, yeah, the komodo dragons. Yeah. Oh, speaking of living dinosaurs, if you want to be sure what a living dinosaur looks like, look at a cassowary and look at their feet. Mm. Yes. They're like dinosaur talons on those things. Yeah. yeah. Um. I spoke to Greg Neely in May, who figured out the mechanism that makes box jellyfish stingers sting us. The actual oh, mechanism yeah. by remember that and yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, jellyfish, which yeah, are not speaking of deadly animals, not fish and not jelly. Do not eat them. <laughs> um, and possibly they have figured out maybe how to turn the sting off, so you can actually maybe develop a treatment from what they're... There's an off switch. Yeah, there's possibly a, an off switch. Great. Um, speaking of so getting... So if you get stung by one, reach around for the off switch. <laughs> Try turning it off and turning it back on again. Or just turning it off. Just turning it off. Yeah, don't turn it back on Don't again. turn it back on again. Um, speaking of getting stung by animals, Chris found out whether venomous and poisonous animals can envenomate or poison themselves. <laughs> And that some was of them a real, can. That was a real and the, question. Yeah, the answer was sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they can. Um, and we marked the passing of Australia's spider lady, Barbara York Main, who literally wrote the book on Australian spiders mm. and kept track of one female trapdoor spider for 45 years. The Incredible. same spider. Who knew they lived that long? Not me. Well, obviously, Barbara York Main did. Eventually. Um, Took her a while to find out. 45 years. Yeah. And even then it only died because it got stung by a wasp. So it could have lived even longer, potentially. Uh, as well as animals, uh, I, I also like plants. Um, and I spoke to geneticist Dr. Chris Hardner about how the commercial macadamia trees in the world can be traced back to a handful of nuts from Queensland. So all of the global macadamia plantations in Hawaii and South Africa all came from the same bunch of trees, pretty much. 
Um, also spoke to Adam Cross from Western Australia about one of the only carnivorous pitcher plants indigenous to Australia and his work to protect them from development and from poachers uh, down in the southwest corner of Australia there. And then Chris found out how, if carnivorous plants consume insects, how do they get their flowers pollinated? Mm. And the answer is, of course, by the ones they don't eat. Basically, <laughs> Pretty <yes>. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, in medical stories, we looked at brain implants to help people use computers and prosthetics and mm -hmm. things like that, including a French spinal injury patient who can now use an exoskeleton controlled by his thoughts. So he's Whoa. basically a cyborg. Wow. Pretty amazing. Um, and in space, well, so much space science. Ice and methane on Mars crashes on the moon. Well, it was the moon landing anniversary thereof. It was. That's true. There was yeah. the moon landing anniversary. Um, all sorts of supervillain, I mean, billionaire space projects. Um, the space race is apparently back on, but between private companies who want to exploit the solar system in various ways and are getting closer to doing that, having reusable spaceships and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, last year, ships from Earth left our solar system, but this year, Oumuamua oh, uh, yeah. was the first object observed that came from outside our solar system. Wow. And they don't even know what it was. Yeah. And there's been another one observed since, I believe. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, did you ever see that show, Starship, the film Starship Troopers, where they started just yes. firing oh. missiles from some intergalactic yeah. point? <laughs> yeah. Look, let's hope it's not that, but it doesn't seem to be. They seem to be just oddly shaped uh, sort of asteroids, really. There does seem to be an awful lot of them out there, though. Yeah. Well, there's an awful lot of asteroids out there, to be, to be sure. But as I said, there's so much science every year, and we cover a, a tiny fraction of it. If you've missed any of our stories, you can find our podcast on iTunes. And also, if you can't look on iTunes, you can look at the 3CR website, search for Lost in Science on the website, and you'll find our podcast uh, or you can find us on facebook and ask us a question anytime um but uh hopefully next year we'll we'll be able to make a dent in science yet to be announced in the future
so 2019, it's been a good year for science. Um, there's been some very uh, future hopeful research focusing on how to better the human race. Um, there's been some devastating things as well. And there's been some frankly weird stuff. As you say, Stu, we can't cover it all. So there is some stuff that we have missed. Um, for example, in the same year that we celebrated 50 years since the first person walked on the moon, uh, we also saw a global comeback of measles. So going backwards a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Two um, steps forward, weren't moon measles. three steps back. They weren't moon measles um, unless they were. No. <gasps> No, they, no, they really they weren't. weren't. And Australia was Australia was measles free only a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So measles has increased around ten times in Africa, doubled in Europe, tripled in Western Pacific. Yeah. Um, recent outbreak in Samoa has resulted in seventy deaths. Um, Australia has it's doubled since two thousand and eighteen. But in New Zealand, measles has rocketed, so it's now forty six times. Um, there's 46 times more cases of measles than there were in 2018. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, vaccinate people, vaccinate. And the other thing, one of the other things about measles that they've just um, figured out in the last year too, which we didn't cover, is that when you get the measles, it, it uh, resets your immune system. So you no longer have immunity to diseases you've already had and become immune to because right. the measles goes and wipes out all the antibodies. So all that you've diseases, you've got no a, immunity? A lot of them, okay. yeah. So it basically hits the reset button on your immune system, which is why it's so dangerous because you are susceptible to things that you've even already had that you know after you've had the measles. So it's, it's an ongoing health issue, not just having the measles. Um, on a completely unrelated and somewhat um, more strange note, uh, in October, we did not cover a story about a team of scientists who taught rats how to drive cars. No, um, we didn't. We, I did. I did see this <laughs> did story see though, it? and it made them very happy. It made them super happy. So are they, they put, tiny rat-sized cars. Or yeah, they're tiny rat-sized cars. Yeah, they are. Yeah, not only they rat-sized cars, but they're plastic. Um, so they're clear plastic jars. Um, they're fixed to a metal plate and um, attached with a set of wheels and a copper wire acting as a starter and a steering wheel. So the movie Stuart Little is coming true. That is right, yeah. And also, and they enjoyed it so much that it lowered their stress hormones. Yeah, all, all those people who complain about the rat race, clearly wrong. <laughs> it's not that stressful. Ask the rats. That's right, that's right. There was no um, known cases of rodent rage. Oh... <laughs> Is that a Christmas cracker joke? <laughs> I just got it out of the Christmas crack up from last week. That's right. Um, also, you'll remember this year the shocking images of millions of dead fish in the Darling River um, and concerns about the management of the Murray-Darling Basin in general. So that mass die-off was caused by large numbers of fish being trapped in small pools um, and they're not being enough water so they're being a um, drought across Australia especially in the east um, east part of Australia and uh, the hot summer last year meant algal blooms thrived in the pools leading to low levels of oxygen in the water trapping the fish um, and then when the weather cooled and strong winds came the low oxygen water mixed with the upper layers and meant the fish had no oxygen to breathe so that was um there was a lot of mass fish suffocations. Um, but on the other hand, we found out th the, that there's a bird 
that is the loudest bird in the world, and it's called the white bellbird. Can you play it? Can you play some? Can we get some audio of the white bellbird? Yeah, yeah, can we yeah. Get some wa- yeah. Audio. I'll, I'll play it right now. <laughs> wow, that's really loud. It is very loud. loud. Um, Prochnius, turn Aldous, it down, bird. Turn it down. <laughs> People You're trying to screaming. sleep. <laughs> It's um it's clocked at an impressive 125.4 decibels, um which for context is louder than chainsaw, a rock concert, and um much louder than the safe human level of loud noise noise, yeah. which is around 85 decibels. Is it louder than a chainsaw at a rock concert? Yeah, I reckon it's three <laughs> times louder than it's the closest competitor bird, which is called the screaming piha. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so Brazilian and U.S. scientists uh, recorded the bird in the Amazon and revealed that it's the male that makes this noise, unsurprisingly, taking up all the space. Um, (laughs) And he saves his most deafening effort for um, females that are perched beside him. (laughs) So he swivels his head to blast his final note directly into the female's ear. They're all deaf, presumably. Presumably they must be deaf. Talk about a bad pickup line. Am I right? Am I right? No? All right. Anyway, that's the good, (laughs) the bad and the weird for 2019. So can't wait to see what 2020 brings. I'm Maggie Darren Pocock, and you're listening to Lost in Science on 3CR.
Okay, yes, and I have one final bit of unfinished business for the year. One? One. Yeah, really? just one. But yeah, I can, I'm restricting myself. Okay. But this is a bit of news that has got a lot of people talking. Some physics news has got a lot of people talking. <laughs> it is about the rumours of a possible new particle known as X-17. So the what? X, X-17? X presumably 17. stands for unknown. Yep. So what's the 17? The 17 relates to its mass. Okay. So what about its mass? Yeah, that that it's seven, it's roughly seventeen mega electron volts, which so mega electron volts is actually a measure of energy, but thanks to E equals m c squared, energy and mass are equivalent. So seventeen mega electron volts is actually seventeen mega electron volts per c squared if you're playing at home, but that is what its mass is presumed to be. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a mid-range particle. Um, somewhere between like an electron is only about half a mega electron volt in mass. A proton is about nearly a thousand. So it's kind of somewhere it's in between. Like middle of the road adult yeah. contemporary particle. Yeah. So look, <laughs> when I put it that way, it sounds pretty unexciting. Yeah. But the if people are excited because you know they're saying that it could be physics beyond the standard model, a new fifth force, possibly dark matter. You know, this could be the thing that we've been looking for. So when you say the f- a, a new fifth force, so this is yeah. on top of what are the other four forces that we're talking about here? Right. Well, we should probably talk about what I mean by the standard model as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Let's go back. That. The standard model is basically just the standard theory that we use for particle physics. You sound right? really disinterested about the standard it's, model. People, most people aren't the very bog exciting. Model? It's the bog standard model. It was developed in the 60s and 70s and basically explains all the particles that we know of um, and all the forces between them. But it's just kind of thrown together. Um, and it lacks some things that we're pretty sure exist but haven't yet been formally discovered. So things like gravity and dark matter and stuff like that aren't in this in this theory because they haven't been able to be detected in particle accelerators. But it's you know it's been very successful of what it's designed to do. It's just that nobody really likes it that much. Do, like, do we need do we need someone like Dmitri Mendeleev to come along and make a periodic table of subatomic particles? Or maybe we need twenty twenty to be the international year of the standard model. Maybe we do. No, it was a bit similar to Dmitry Mendeleev's work. I mean, because his kind of stuff comes out from, you know, working out what the the when you think about it, like from from his his alignment of the the elements, you can yeah. work out what they're made of. You know, in terms of yeah. protons and neutrons and this sort of thing, and the way it all fits together. In the same way, when they had back in the like the the fifties, forties, and fifties, they had like hundreds of particles they were finding, and so they did try and classify them, and then they figured out they were made from smaller things. Right. And the the theory that explained all those, you put all that together, it's a standard model. Yep. So it does, it contains a whole bunch of particles of matter. These are known as fermions. Um, They include your quarks or quarks, which uh, basically make up protons and neutrons. Cheese as well. Yes. Um, So you get three quarks inside a proton or a neutron. So they're inside the nucleus. It also includes the electrons, which are the ones that, the negatively charged ones that orbit around the nucleus and includes neutrinos, which as the name suggests, have no electric charge. And there you find them in certain nuclear reactions. Um, and it also has, yeah, the forces between these particles. So these are your fundamental forces. So it includes the electromagnetic force, which you're familiar with, it's six magnets to your fridge, um, the strong nuclear force, which holds nuclei together, and the weak nuclear force, which kind of pushes them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, and those are represented, those forces are represented by 
force particles or bosons. And so they're the particles that control the they're the particles that control the forces, right? Yep. And yep. so but there's only three of those there. You don't have the fourth force, which is gravity, because it is too weak to be detected at this particle level. Okay, you with me so far? Yeah. yeah. So the the gravity's like way out of the scale of way off the scale. Like totally in the universe scales. it's big, but at that level, every other force yeah. is much stronger. Um the name strong force should give away that it's pretty damn strong. Yeah. There's also the Higgs boson, which is an extra particle needed to give the other particles mass. It was the last piece of the standard model. It was discovered in twenty twelve. And so apart from that, yeah. There was all these predictions made, like with Mendeleev's periodic table that predicted extra particles. We found all those, um, and now it's like, well, we don't know where else to go. Now, all the if, physics labs have shut down and everyone went home. Well, people want to find something outside <laughs> the standard model. So when someone says they discovered a new particle, yeah, everyone's going to get very excited. Yeah. Because, yeah, we know we need to, to explain gravity. We need, know we need to find out what dark matter is, because we're pretty sure that exists. And also the standard model, it is messy. We want something nice and neat. Be nice if there was like an underlying force that was a lot kind of looked less kind of stuck together with sticky tape. So, so, so is this... Is this this new particle, does that represent a force somewhere between gravity and the nuclear forces? Okay, this is where we don't know the answer to that because right. basically it's only been observed by this one laboratory in Hungary. So the first hints were revealed in 2016 by Attila Krasnokhorke. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Apologies to Hungarian listeners. And they were basically bombarding atoms with protons to see what would happen. And essentially what happens is that you, know, you hit the atoms with a proton, it knocks it up into an energized state and then when it drops back down it releases energy in the form of other particles and what they found was certain like pairs of electrons and anti-electrons um, which are also known as positrons being produced which indicates there may have been an invisible particle that was decaying into these uh into these pairs, right? Right. And this is your X17, because they figured out to have an, a mass of about 17 mega electron volts, or MeV. Now, um, they have published their results. They reckon they found uh, what they call a seven sigma um, discovery. So mm. that means that's a statistical significance, essentially. Normally, sigma is standard deviation. Five sigma is normally enough to be, say, you've got a discovery. They said they've got seven sigma. Um, and so they're pretty sure it exists. The catch is that no one else has been able to replicate this result. And they're not the only people doing this kind of experiment. Um, shooting, shooting stuff at protons is a pretty standard thing for physicists yeah. to do, isn't it? So CERN laboratories have been trying to replicate the experiment. They haven't been able to find this particle. Um, yeah, so it is looking, it's a bit strange. Um, they've since, the big news this year was when the same team found it in a different type of atom. So the first results were in beryllium-8 uh, uh, nuclei. Now they're done with helium-4. They found results compatible with this same X17 particle. But again, it's just them. No one else has found it. Now, if it is real, it could be a fifth force because it looks like it is a boson. So it's one of these fourth force particles. And there is an idea that because it doesn't sort of seem to interact much with everything else, it's possibly could be related to dark matter. But no one's got a really good theory that predicted this would exist. You know, we can just say, oh, we can just add another extra particle onto the standard model. That's pretty easy to do. But we'd like something that makes a bit more sense rather than just chucking another particle in. So that's not a reason to not believe it. It's just kind of one of those things that it doesn't help us with this situation of explaining the universe. It's just adding on another bit of peace. So... Yeah, we don't know what it is, and basically until someone else finds it, 
then you've got to be a little bit skeptical about it. Um, yeah, I don't want to criticise their experiments, but you just got to think if no one else can do it, then... Replication needed. Yeah, replication needed. And this team actually have in the past found, thought they had found other particles and then retracted their results because I had made a mistake. So, yeah, look, hopefully it is a real thing and that it'll lead us into a new path of physics. But in the meantime, I don't think we should get all excited yet. Um, these kind of rumoured discoveries... They come along every couple of years. You just kind of got to wait and see if it if it comes out in the wash. But um, maybe 2020 could be the year that X17 becomes real, gets a proper name. But until then, yeah, we'll be we'll be waiting. That's all we've got time for on this episode of Lost in Science. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Lost in Science is recorded at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. If you want to talk to us, talk back to us, uh, you can get in touch. We have a Gmail account, lostinsight at Gmail. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter and on the Facebook Uh, And if that's not enough lost in science for you, you can always tune in again next week where the team will once again get lost Lost in science. listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.